those are some of the things that, that pastors do that maybe we don't know much about. And we know right. about marriages and baptisms, etc. But yeah. these are some things that we, we should be aware of, that we have a church community that um, where these things are offered. So. Yeah, we have maybe have a, a few more tools in the, in the tool belt to help in, in the spiritual walk. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. This is the Every Moment, his podcast. Welcome and back. Welcome back. And I heard you have a dad joke. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking today about um, kind of the things you should know as a member of the church. So yeah, thing, but, things you should totally know. And uh, in particular, some things pastors do that you may not know about. But yeah. I'm sorry, I got so excited about the dad joke. Yeah, well, I, yeah I just I wanted to let it. people know. I know. This isn't just a joke It's not uh, a joke podcast. podcast yeah. yeah, but... So, John, did you hear about the, the cheese factory that exploded in France? No. All that was left was the debris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe more of an adult dad it's joke. It's a highbrow. Because kids may not know what brie cheese is. Sophisticated, yeah, yeah. That was good. All right. So today we're, we're talking again about the pastoral office and things that you might not expect pastors do. Right. And so we're going to highlight a few of those, but here's, here's what we'd like to know. Pastoral services, the service of the pastors to the church, the people of God, include baptisms, marriages, funerals, blessings of homes, mm. prayers of celebration at times of joy, spiritual counsel, Communing of the sick or distressed, exorcism, offering prayers, anointing the sick with oil, service of condemna- uh, commendation of the dying, and other things. Mm-hmm. So I think the first couple one, yeah, you expect pastors baptize, they marry people, mm-hmm. they bury people. Yeah. Um, but this next one, blessing of homes. Yeah, I was actually introduced to this in New England. Um, I actually had a member of the church who was having, um, kept seeing weird stuff in their house mm. and felt like a dark presence and had a Roman Catholic upbringing and said, hey, would you come bless our home? And yeah. so, okay, sure. And something too that's often done around Epiphany. I think Epiphany, that season mm. right after Christmas, um, I think it has to do with uh, Jesus Mary Joseph fleeing their home, mm. going to Egypt, and then coming back. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, to to have the place where you live set apart with God's word and prayer. That's, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is a good idea for people who just moved into a new home. Maybe you bought a house, and or you moved into a new apartment, and you just want to dedicate like this is a place where God's people live, mm-hmm. where God's word is proclaimed and heard mm-hmm. and, and uh, held high, where prayers are said to, to God, where mm-hmm. songs are sung to God. And so there's a whole like liturgy in our hymnal or in, in one of our hymnal books mm-hmm. that we could go from, from room to room and, and bless the kitchen and bless the bedrooms and bless the living room. And I think it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's neat. It's uh our home is a is a holy habitation. It's a sanctuary. It's a place of refuge. And I think that yeah, there, it's also a great excuse to have your pastor come over and get to know you a little better. Mm-hmm. I've had 
I think just one couple ask for this in my career. Hmm. I think it's just unknown. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a young couple um, moved into a home together after they were married, and they they said, "Can you come and bless our home?" And I said, "Sure, sure, let's do it." And it was joyful. It was really neat. What about well, uh, yeah. exorcisms? Yeah, it's. I think it, it kind of flows into what you were talking about. Like mm-hmm. you felt like they felt there was kind of a unsettled darkness, and we know that we live in an era where the the devil's around. Mm-hmm. And the spiritual forces of darkness exist. And churches like in Madagascar, they're growing by leaps and bounds. The Lutheran church through ministry of exorcism. Yeah, it reminds me of something C.S. Lewis said in the opening of his book, The Screwtape Letters, which if you ever want to know how the devil's been working in your life or society, read mm-hmm. The Screwtape Letters. Lewis is a master of just telling a good story mm-hmm. about the way evil works in our lives and grace. But in the beginning of that book, he says that Satan does his best work in some cultures by making people too interested in him. And so this would be, say, in Madagascar, mm-hmm. you have witch doctors and voodoo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, although Western sort of um, scientific materialist, people, materialist yeah. people in America and Europe are getting really interested in ghosts and, and new age kind new of age. occult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's that. But then Lewis said that the enemy does his best work also in helping people be under interested in him. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, who, who would ever believe in such a thing as real personal evil? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I tell people like, yeah, do you think Satan's less active in North America than in yeah. Madagascar because the weather's different or something. Yeah, and, and when we talk about exorcism, we, we're not talking about the cinematic mm-hmm. writhing around, head Power turning. Peak. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, no, I mean, like, honestly, the whole Christian life is, in a sense, an exorcism. Mm-hmm. I think preaching is an act of exorcism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a sense because you're trying to deal with, name, and cast out evil in the presence of our lives. Mm-hmm. And yet when that evil gains a stronghold in our thinking and our habits, um, it is good to meet and to formally pray uh, for the exclusion of the wicked one in our exactly. lives. Exactly. And I, I think that um, Christians should be of great courage because the master of demons, right? Uh, demons begged Jesus, you know, not to, not to torment them before the appointed time, you mm-hmm. know, like they know who's the boss. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord of all creation. And that includes all things that are unseen and mm-hmm. he's on our side. Yeah. And so we can speak a word of exorcism, you know, in the name of Jesus be gone and they listen. Yeah, and it's a little bit, I'd say it's kind of like a chiropractor appointment in the sense that you go to get realigned, but then you're going to be instructed and and counseled by your pastor towards some good habits Mm -hmm. that will um, keep evil at bay. So good spiritual disciplines, prayer and and meditation upon scripture and things like that. I I read somewhere that um, the early church thought uh, saying the creed out loud in church was a good way to spoil the devil's plans. Hmm. 
because you're just proclaiming the truth in the face of any lie. Yeah, worship. Yeah, yep. the whole thing. Uh, good. So that that is something we do. Um, we commune the sick or distressed, mm-hmm. and we talked about this a little bit, but I think it's important that um, not just the elderly are aware of this, but mm-hmm. if you're going through a time as a young person, say you're going um, before a surgery, mm-hmm. um, or you have, have gone through a great tragedy, like to have that personalized comfort and bring that, that word of, of faith and communion that's available to all Christians. Yeah, especially like, you know, if somebody is in a place where they can't come to worship. Yep. Yeah, it's important to know that pastors are available for visitation. Yeah, this would maybe be important for someone who works a very demanding schedule to know as mm-hmm. well. So say you're a medical worker, you know, and you work um, nights and weekends, and it's just really hard for you to get to church and you've been away from the church and away from the sacrament for a number of months or something, you can say, hey, pastor, can I make an appointment with you? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I'm really hungering and thirsting for the body and blood of Jesus and my forgiveness. So um, that's important to know. How about um, the commendation of the dying? Yeah, so uh, the commendation of the dying is uh, just... It's like a thorough presentation of the gospel to someone who's nearing their end. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Roman Catholicism has a similar rite that's kind of like last rites. It's kind of like, um, you know, one last, you're in a state of grace um, before you die and you kind of have a free pass until you die, crassly, you know. But I, we, don't, we don't think we're doing anything kind of special like that to ensure someone's state of grace, but rather to bring true comfort to someone in, in the time of greatest need. Yeah. And so I think in the evangelical world, you know, the world of, you know, Baptists and, you know, Protestant Christianity, there's like, well, maybe not as much of an emphasis on visiting Mm -hmm. the sick and dying because, well, that person's saved, so they're good, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? And then in Roman Catholicism, there's a very big emphasis on you got to get the priest there to do the last rites or this person may not get into heaven. Right. Is as Lutheran Christians were saying, well, as we approach death, we want to hear God's holy word. Yeah. We want to just have that contact with the promises of God and really like a final farewell in the presence of God. And what I've experienced is when I will get together with a family and the person dying will gather around the hospice bed and we'll say the creed, we'll say the Lord's prayer. I'll allow that person some time to, to confess sins, to hear forgiveness mm-hmm. of Christ, and then hear some words of the scriptures read that talk about certainty yeah. about salvation, yeah. like faith in Christ by yeah. grace. What it, and then we end with the benediction. And what I found is that sometimes it actually allows that person dying to know they can die. It's like... Uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. Happens a lot. Like, okay. It allows the person dying to know I can, I can die. I, I can, can die. I'm I can at peace release. with Christ. Yeah. And then it also allows the people there to say, mom, dad, grandma, they're, yeah. they're good. Let's, we can release them now. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, if you put yourself in that person's shoes, you know, your last moments, what else do you need? You know, what else yeah. are you longing for? You're longing, 
to hear the words of, you know, Jesus' crucifixion for you. You're longing to hear the words of the resurrection and mm -hmm. the promises that are there and to have your family around it. It's, it's kind of a beautiful moment and um, there could be nothing more meaningful at that time. And I think I've, I've found the same thing that um, often if I'm called to a bedside and we go through that service together, it's within a day that that person mm -hmm. will pass and um, pass with God's blessing and the assurance um, of forgiveness and the confidence to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of the things that, that pastors do that maybe we don't know much about and we know right. about marriages and baptisms, et cetera. But yeah. these are some things that we, we should be aware of that we have a church community that um, where these things are offered. So, yeah, we have maybe have a, a few more tools in the, in the tool belt to help mm -hmm. in, in the spiritual walk. Yeah. So those are some, some things that you should, um, should know about. Um, you can ask us more about that if you see us. Um, but those are available to, to every mm -hmm. member of the church. Yeah. I think I'll just mention one more, the highlight one more before we end and that's uh, spiritual counsel. Mm -hmm. I think, if people in the church are going through some major decisions in life, it, it's, it's a wise thing to say, hey, pastor, can I talk to you about this? Because there are factors that you need to think about, like if you're taking a new job or you're thinking about mm -hmm. getting married mm -hmm. or you're thinking about your you know, big life decisions, right? Um, there's a lot of resources at your disposal, but uh, it's good to just sit down and talk to a pastor and say, what do you think God's counsel is on this? And we're not going to tell you God's will for you is do exactly this thing. I yeah. mean, it's going to be more like, well, here's what scripture says. Based on what scripture says, how might we approach this decision? Mm -hmm. What are maybe some of the options that you have? What might be a more faithful or a less faithful option? Right. So, and especially with big decisions, I yeah. think it's important. And it is kind of an honor to be included mm -hmm. in those, those things and to guide, to shepherd people um, in yep. the name of the Lord, to help them in their lives. I think, we, yeah, we, we live in a world that's very isolating and mm -hmm. individualistic, and it's just nice to know I can gain a, a biblical perspective mm -hmm. on, yeah. on this, this situation in my life. Yeah. So. so there you go. So we'll catch you next time Yep. as we talk about the different ways to leave a congregation. All right.